Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Happy New Year, and thank you all so very much for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am both an energy therapist and a certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's hopefully already happening online right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room. So if you have a question, post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, and you all know this, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way you can listen via phone or please, please, please use your Bluetooth if you're driving around. We are at the start of a new year, 2014, and this is going to be a great year. And as always here at Energy Awareness Radio, we focus on how to maintain a high level of positive energy to make each and every moment of each and every day more joyful, purposeful, and fulfilling. And tonight, we're starting with something everyone deals with, stress. Do you constantly think, gee, I wonder what if, or... Perhaps you find yourself constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. A lot of people do, and what they don't realize is that these are classic symptoms of fear. And fear comes in a whole lot of different disguises, anger, judgment, sadness, anxiety, control. All of that leads to stress, which can become chronic and even debilitating. And as we know, stress is the number one cause of now, it used to be 85% of diseases, and now it's up to 90%. That's not good that it's increasing. That's not a number that we want to see raised. So tonight we are speaking with Jude Bizu, a highly regarded, well-respected psychotherapist, professional educator, workshop leader, and a longtime student of Eastern philosophy. And her theory of attitude reconstruction evolved over the course of more than 30 years working with clients as a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she's here to discuss her book, Attitude Reconstruction, A Blueprint for Building a Better Life. Now, this book has won multiple awards, including the Benjamin Franklin Award from the Independent Book Publishers Association, the Indie Excellence Finalist Book Award, and Forward Reviews Book of the Year. That's just phenomenal. One book to get all those awards, and we are so very fortunate to have her here. So good evening, Jude. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you being this evening? Thank you. I am being very wonderful here in California where it's sunny and beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so happy earlier because it's 16 degrees right now, which is 11 degrees higher than yesterday, and I thought, it's a veritable heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> then I won't even tell you. <laughs> and it's okay. I don't live there. I'm used to this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is such a great topic to kick off this new year. You know, the holidays are over. Things are somewhat back to normal with the exception of the weather, I guess. And there's just no word for that. But it's plaguing everyone, and stress doesn't seem to take a break for anybody. And I know that your dad is the pi- or was the pioneering behavioral child psychologist, Sidney W. Bezu, who he was known for developing the approach of uh, treating childhood disorders using behavioral therapy, but he did it where positive actions were rewarded and negative behaviors were pretty much ignored rather than punished. And in your book, you, 
you take a very positive approach with regard to our attitudes and stress-related issues. So I guess you take after your dad and the blueprint for building a better life is sort of in your DNA. Is that, is that fair to say? I think that's exactly right to say. It's just punishment never really works. It's short-term, we might stop an ongoing behavior that we don't like, but it's not going to change it. We do a lot better when we are reinforced, when we're praised for what we do well. That's very true, because then you want to continue down that road and continue, because we like praise, so we want to constantly get that stroking. It's just part of human nature. And when we hear somebody, you know, be critical of us or, or you know, say things or do things, that doesn't get us so that we feel like, oh, I want to try that again. It's like, no way. Uh-uh. You want, no, uh-uh. Now we're into a battle. We're much easier. Which makes sense. Focus. Yeah. yeah, focus on the good. Yeah, which is, and that's a positive way to be. I mean, positive psychology is an up-and-coming arm within psychology that's being more recognized than it ever has before. And to try to keep everybody on a positive level, you're kind of ahead of your time because you're doing this in a really neat and different way. I enjoyed the book because of the fact that you give how-tos to get through things and you break things down in a way that's very easy to understand. It's not written in an academic format. I've taken classes where the the book that is the textbook, and it's a class, so it's supposed to be academic. You don't seem to get as much out of it as when they have optional reading. I'd rather do the optional reading. This could easily become part of a positive psychology class. That's right. You know, because for me, I was always, like, I knew I wasn't happy when I was a child. But I, when I was looking for that manual, it's like somebody should just, there should be rules, there should, should be tips and principles but I just couldn't find them anywhere. And so that's what I really spent my life doing is putting it together so it would be simple and so that the tips would really work. And that's what's what very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that's the catalyst for writing the book. But what's interesting is that the way that you present it, in your book you talk about the five tools we were given at birth, which we were able to interact with in this world, in emotions, thoughts, intuition, speech, and actions. And amazingly, as you said, we are never really taught how to use these tools. We don't even know that we got these tools at birth. We don't understand that. And yet they're in this toolkit, this invisible toolkit that we have, but we don't know how to use them so that we can, you know, successfully navigate through life and, and the situations that come up pretty much every single day. So I really like the way that you presented this. And I don't know, how did you figure out that these were the five tools that are already in our toolkit? We just needed to access them. Well, it took, I started by making a blueprint of the mind, and it's that it was all based on the fact that we have emotions and that the emotions have to correlate with certain kind of things we say and certain things we do and the way we feel and the way we think. And so as I started to play with, all right, now what's this person saying? It's just like that. And and starting to look for the underlying principles. Then I went, okay, well, now how do people change that? And it's like, oh, we have different ways we can change it. We can do it by changing how we act. We can make changes by thinking differently. We can make changes by communicating differently, speaking differently, by dealing with our emotions, and by using our intuition. So over the years it just got clear that there were five different, what I say, tools, because we all know about the five senses. We, we got those. That's the way information comes in. But I realized that 
we can what we do with what comes in we can use all five of those tools we can have an emotional reaction or a thought about it or say something about it or do something or or see how it feels within and it just started it got clearer and clearer the more that i delved into looking and trying to make it so simple and you did you were very successful at that by interpreting it i think thank you it was a 20 year project well, kudos to you. <laughs> you know, it shows in the book that's a long project, but it's going to be so helpful for so many people because when we don't deal with our emotions, we can really mess things up and create much bigger problems than, than were originally there. Exactly. And the thing is, nobody, you know, virtually nobody was given much good ed- education about emotions per se and about how to handle them constructively. Because like as children, we had a temper tantrum, right? We kicked and screamed when we couldn't have the cookie or we had to get dressed or undressed or whatever it was. And then the emotion passed. But nobody said, hey, let's find a constructive way to do that later in life when we feel that emotion. Because emotions are just energy, emotion, energy in motion, energy in the body that we have to move out so that we don't start to compensate and develop these patterns that aren't aren't serving us very well. But nobody said, oh, it's okay. I mean, we, very few of our parents said, oh, it's okay to be scared, dear. Oh, it's just, you know, try mm-hmm. this. You know, we got, don't be a scaredy cat. Or, you know, instead of saying, oh, it's all right to cry. Most of us, not everybody, but most of us got that. Don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Or boys are weak. Yeah, oh, we got well, we got the thing to cry about. I mean, you know, sometimes you get the crap beaten out of you, you know, because you were crying and something was instead of being nurtured, which is totally wrong. But that's, I think those things are changing now. I don't think people, uh, you know, a lot of people don't hit their children the way that they used to before as, as a form of punishment or discipline, rather. They just uh, try to talk to them. And I think your book speaks well to that because anybody who reads this who is a parent or is going to become a parent will certainly be able to use all of these tools for themselves and for raising their children. Absolutely. Then the, and the important thing is that we have to model it ourselves. If we want to say to our children, oh, it's all right to handle you, you have your emotions, let's go to the back bedroom and cry as much as you need or have a temper tantrum in a safe place. But if we don't show, you know, I'm going to go around and be a raving maniac and yell at everybody and, you know, like you say, raise my voice and maybe even hit and scream like that's not what we're modeling so we as parents have to go i didn't learn how to deal with my emotions i'm going to learn now and then i can model that so my children don't have to go through all of the ways that we have to go through to dig ourselves out of our bad ways our what i say our bad attitudes because they all stem mm-hmm. from these emotions and if we'll just model it for them then they'll just do what's natural because kids just naturally uh, express their emotions before they get those messages. Yes, and adults don't. I mean, they'll just, if they do, it's usually, uh, you know, striking out with anger and, and saying things. As you said, it's one of the five tools that they use, to, but they're not using it as a tool. They're just showing their anger or hitting, screaming, something. I've seen adults do it, and yet they can, once you read your book, you can see that it's not a difficult task 
to turn it around. If you can grasp it and just know that, all right, this is what I'm feeling, thinking, or wanting to do right now, once you have that awareness, there are a multitude of ways to constructively emote that will be more beneficial to the adult, and they'll be able to work through it more quickly, correct? Absolutely, and then that spreads out to the whole. The family is going to be more joyful and more smooth and so on because we've handled our emotions um, in a more appropriate way. So that that's, what we, that's what we have to say. Okay, I didn't get those messages, but I'm feeling these sensations because that's what's so lovely really about uh, these emotions that when we don't express cause us trouble. There's only three of them, sadness, anger, and fear. Now, that's from three different physiologies in the body. And if we go at any moment, all right, something's going on. Is it sadness, anger, and fear? And each will feel very different in the body. So if it's, I feel very heavy and down, well, it's sadness. I need to have a little bit of a cry. Or if it's, I want to bite someone's head off and I'm steaming and road raging, that's anger, for sure. And if I'm anxious and it's like, what's going on, and I've got so much to do, and what if this happens? That's fear. That's that agitated energy. There's only three. Pick which one, and maybe you feel more, but just start with which one am I feeling. Express it for just a minute or two. Move that energy out of the body. And then there's so much more clarity, so much more opportunity to make a more constructive choice. What's very cool is that on one page in your book, you have the destructive attitudes of sadness, anger, and fear. And underneath those, it's almost like a drop-down menu, there are 11 different words or feelings that, that associate with sadness, like um, loneliness, uh, being self-critical, or feeling indecisive or passive. And under anger, there were things like um, being pessimistic and judgmental or defensive. And in fear, it was worry, moodiness. Um, doubtfulness but right next to that column is a column called joy or love or peace so sadness goes to joy anger goes to love and fear goes to peace and then beside each one is a page number so that you actually are getting this guide to show you is this what you're feeling if you're feeling lonely then befriend your aloneness and then go to a specific page number and it will tell you how to do that so you can get through this process very quickly. I would think that people would be able to use this as a guidebook on a daily basis, just keeping it at hand so that they could learn once they read through the book and really really be able to be aware of those feelings and get it down pat. I don't think it would take too long to turn it around. Have you noticed that? Have people said that to you? Exactly, exactly, because I think of it as a handbook. You don't have to read mm-hmm. it from beginning to end. It's, you know, if you want to, and some people read like that, but I don't. I want to figure out what's amiss for me, and here's on one page. It really shows you the range of, uh, what I say, bad attitudes and what to do about them. What's it, because it goes all back to, again, my, my Eastern meditation experiences and understandings, and it's really about doing the opposite that's constructive. So if I'm feeling unworthy, then the solution, the opposite, is I need to get in touch with how my, myself, with honoring my true self. And if, I need, if I'm feeling passive and little and I can't do things, then I need to do the opposite. I need to learn how to speak up and take action. So we can just find whether I'm you know, blaming people or moody or 
whatever, the 33 biggest attitudes that the most clients had over the 30 years as a therapist, here's a shortcut. Find what's not working. Go to that page. Try some of these things instead. You'll be amazed at how quick you can make changes. That's what's so cool. It really is, you know, and it's it's cool because when you look at it, you can see that, well, I never feel this, this, or this, but sometimes I feel you can pick out of, you know, which ones, and you're more, it's not like you have to learn all 33. You pick the ones that are the most dominant in your area, and actually, wait a minute, online, you have a test that you can take to show what's the most dominant of these three. That's right. What the uh, website shows is really what I say, the 12 basic core attitudes that underlie all of our problems. They're related to the three emotions of sadness, anger, and fear. But you can identify how strong each of those attitudes are for you. And then automatically the scores get um, correlated. And then you can go to a page that will, if if, uh, the fear attitudes are the strongest, uh, a page will direct you to suggestions for dealing with the fear. Or if anger is your strongest um, emotion, Go to that page. Oh, try some of these things. Very practical uh, solutions because we don't need all of these suggestions at any one time. Oh, I'm having a problem. All of a sudden, I'm you know grubbling, uh, you know grouchy, and and nothing sounds good. I I don't need to be working on my anxiety right now. I need to be working on my anger. So whatever the problem is, we can identify it and then find an easy, doable solution. That, and that was a great tool because, um, of course, I read the book for the show. So I, I read it from cover to cover. And then I go in and I pick the areas that I think would be most beneficial for the listeners. And, you know, and then they can go out and buy the book and use it as a tool for themselves. And I went online and I did take the test. And, you know, I usually try to get 100 on every test. I like that, Mark, so I, I, I aim for it. <laughs> and I was like, this is not a case where you want to get 100, you know. <laughs> If I had 101 area, I would not be doing this show. <laughs> right. But it was funny because they came out very similar. It was five, five, and six. So sadness was five, anger was five, and, and fear was six. And I thought, really, fear is six? What am I afraid of? But it isn't what you – it's not that kind of fear. You have to go and look at the book and see the different things that are under fear, the, the, the line items, if you will, that are under the, the heading of fear, like worried – uh, rushed and impatient, overwhelmed, moody, doubting, irresponsible, dissatisfied, out of sync, uncomfortable, controlling, and anxious. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, okay, I am a warrior. I'm a Capricorn. We worry when there's nothing to worry about because there's nothing to worry about. So I thought that's true. And I thought, all right, and I do have my doubts. There are times when I, there are things I doubt that I don't doubt my ability and my work and things, but it's other thing, personal things in life that you feel doubtful about. And I thought, okay, I get where this is going now. So it was, it was a good learning exercise for me, and I think it would be for other people too, because then you can just go to those specific line items and read about them and think, oh, yeah, that's what I need to do to get past that. And you can do it in just a few moments. Yeah, and that's what you did was really neat because some of us aren't very good at acknowledging, well, what really emotion do I feel more than the others? But when you start to mm-hmm. shift it out like that, it becomes very clear, oh, hey, anger's not my issue, right? Fear is my issue. Right. Or maybe you can go, sadness and fear are my issue, but not anger or whatever. But we can start to say, okay, these are the emotions I have to start to become more aware of and start to handle a little differently so I don't compensate with some of those related attitudes that 
aren't serving me very well, whether it's the worry and the what if and the rushing and overwhelm. But we can help to orient us to what do I need right now. And it helps us to read other people as well. That's the coolest part because once you read this and you are able to to understand it, you can just ask someone else a few questions and you'll get to see where they are and maybe help them too with just the words that you say. Because in, in your being positive and passing that along to someone else, they don't need to take the test and you don't need to know what their numbers are. You just need to know, oh, right now I think that person's feeling, you know, a little unworthy. Hey, do you want to meditate for a couple of minutes? You know, and really help the other guy. I, I think that was the coolest part of the book. It was just not helpful for me, but it was also something I could see people using to help, you know, friends and family and neighbors without really them knowing it, just knowing how to say something to them to help lift them. That's really, really great because, you know, we're all different. Like if you have three children, they're not all, they don't all have the same personalities. One can be, just because we have that as a basic constitution, more into the anger and the bull in the china closet, and the next one can be more uh, fearful or sadness, or a combination of it. But we can start to see, we uh, uh, identify, okay, my friend, my partner, my child, oh, they've got a lot of fear. They might not go around saying it yet, but they've got a lot of fear. What can I do to help them with their fear? One is to maybe give them some information, but there's other things. If somebody is fearful, I can tell you because it goes in with the using the tool of communication. When you encounter someone who has a lot of fear, like they're agitated a lot and anxious and those kind of things, the biggest thing they need is reassurance. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted mm-hmm. when we were a child and the big dog was barking. We ran behind our mother's skirt or pants these days, and, we, and, we, and the <laughs> mother goes, it's okay, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. That's the natural thing that we need when we're feeling fear. So if you see somebody fearful, rather than trying to convince them not to be fearful, you know, oh, that's not going to work, and not the negative side, you go, it'll be okay. We'll do this together. Mm -hmm. I'm here. It's okay. It'll be okay. Everything will be all right. And just with those few words, that reassuring that we can either say to ourselves, we can either think that to ourselves when we're feeling fear, or we can help that and voice that to other people as well such an easy thing we can do to be helpful it really is you know even to the point of uh, under anger is being judgmental and i know i've run into people who have said specific things about someone else and then they've turned around and said what do you think and i've turned (laughs) around and said i'm not living i'm not living their life i don't know their story who the hell am i to judge I'm not going to give in. You know, if, if I were in their shoes, I know I'd do the exact same thing. You know why? And people will say, what do you mean? You would not. And I'd say, yeah, because we're all part of the puzzle. It has to go down this way. It has mm-hmm. to. So whatever's going on in their life, they have to do whatever they're doing. I'm not going to judge them. I can't. I'm not perfect. I, I'm making mistakes every day. I'm still work in progress, you know. <laughs> That's the end of that story. <laughs> and usually people get it at that point, and they realize, oh, yeah. And then they kind of think about things a little bit differently. I've actually had people say to me, you know, after you said that to me, I started thinking differently. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Yes, that's just right. Because the judgmental and and those kind of critical kind of comments indicate the emotion that's underneath that is anger. 
And so that if you're mm-hmm. around someone who has a lot of that quality, they're maybe the real negative or just, you know, making those kind of comments, it's really helpful to, re- to understand, oh, you know, it's not personal, right? They, that's just right. the way they spin stuff because they're not dealing with their anger. So then I don't have to take it so personally. I don't have to get into it with them or try to defend myself or correct them. I can just, I say, become the matador and pull out your cape, put it to the side, and let the bull go flying by. That's a person. Great analogy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's just them. That's their stuff. Don't get gored because we're never going to, you know, the bull is a lot bigger than us. I'm just going to let it go by. And I say to myself, okay, now they're just angry. I'm not, I don't have to get into this. It's not about me. I don't have to get into this. Now, that means so you've spared yourself and you have avoided a battle. And then you can say, okay, I'm going to let it go by, and maybe I need to speak up. You know, maybe I need to set a boundary here and say, hey, that didn't feel very good. And, you know, I'd like an apology or I would appreciate it if you didn't do that in the future or whatever. We can do the thinking afterwards, but first we've got to just let it go by and just go, oh, that's stemming from their anger. I just, you know, like, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Yep. Hmm. Now, you also spoke about constructive, constructively emoting. And for women, I think we kind of constructively emote intuitively. It's almost inherent. We know that sometimes... We need that release. We need to get rid of the negative feelings. We know it releases toxins from our body. We know it allows us to finally relax, I think is probably what I'm looking for. Mm. The other night I had a migraine, and I knew if I could just cry, I would have felt better. But I couldn't make myself cry, and, I, and this is going to sound really strange, but I think it was because I was in too much pain to feel emotions. And I knew the energetic release would have helped me get through it. But I, I couldn't get to a place where I could feel any emotion because my head was killing me. Now, not using that as a case, but I know other people sometimes have difficulty making themselves cry. So are there any tips or anything to help people to either cry or you even said to shiver? And I thought, I don't even know how I could make myself shiver without going outside right now. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. how would people maybe... bring that on? Well, um, you know, I want to want to go back a, a step uh, first, about constructive crying, because there's a huge difference between having that cry, I mean, tears coming out of the eyes, and going, I just feel sad. It's okay. I'm all right. I'm just sad. I just need to cry. Now, that's constructive crying. If, but if we mm-hmm. cry and go, nobody loves me, I'll always be alone, you know, oh, I made another mistake, oh, poor me. You could cry forever, and you're not going to feel any better. So it's so important what we're thinking. We need to be stating what's true. I'm just feeling sadness, or I miss my mother, or whatever it is, but not those negative thoughts about ourselves. So whether it's sadness, which we take out on ourselves and go, I'm unworthy, I'm not okay, oh, I made another mistake, or whether it's anger or fear and those kind of things, isolate what it is and make sure that we're crying constructively. Or I'd say mm-hmm. what the, the other thing, which is if I feel fear in my body, what is the body feeling like? It's agitated, right? Ooh, ooh. And, and think of like a dog at the vet. Now, what happens when you take mm. your dog in or your horse? What is it doing? 
it's shivering. It's not it's like shaking. it being there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, on the body level, it's trembling. It's, you know, it goes behind the chair and maybe it pees. Like those are all, it's naturally being and expressing its fear, right? It doesn't have all those messages, oh, don't, don't shiver, don't be scared. And, you know, it's a dog. I mean, we're, we're humans. So before, that, before we got those messages not to deal with, not to express the fear, that's what the body wants to do. Like when we get into shock, we're in an accident, the body naturally shivers and shakes. That's fear, or the body feels that's in, in survival mode, and it shakes and right. shivers. And we put blankets on them rather than saying, go for it, shake, 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 shiver, 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 be like the dog, shiver, 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 and it will move out of the body. But it's that same thing. While I'm shivering, I don't want to go, oh, my God, I've got so much to do. Oh, my gosh, this will never end. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm getting, uh, that's not good shivering. But shivering is, you can do it sitting or standing or walking, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just, you start by a little bit of, like, faking it. Uh, so it's up the back, you know, just wiggling, woo you know, like you see something scary, like, woo out the hands and the arms, and you make those noises, woo 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 like you have to talk in front of 500 people. Shake out that energy because the knees are already knocking. That's the fear. Shake it out, just a minute or two of really hard, shaking it out of our hands and shaking it out up the spine and the neck. And, then, woo, woo, and just like that, that kind of thinking, I'm just scared, it's okay. Woo, two seconds, well, two yep. minutes, really one minute, and you feel so much calmer. It's amazing. That is amazing that you can actually do that, because I was trying to figure out how can you make yourself shiver. I know I can make myself cry, but normally I, I need to, I need like a trigger, you know, a, a mm-hmm. sad movie, a song, a thought, you know, but I thought shivering, I don't know, you know, and of course when I was reading this, it was cold here, and I thought oh, all I can do right now is go outside, I'll be shivering, you know, in a heartbeat, you know. <laughs> exactly, but it was something, sometimes we need to, to, you know, kick it off, so you can think of, well, what is scary? Oh, that movie I saw last night, woo and then you can do it with that. Mm. Or, oh, thinking about, you know, oh, I need to go see the doctor. Oh, something, oh, but I don't go, oh, something's wrong. Oh, my gosh, oh, it's going to be this. No, I just, oh, I'm scared. Oh, 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 I do have to go to the doctor, but I'm just scared. I just need to move that energy out of my body. And just and you really you know, have to bring it in. Yes. And, and, but one minute, two minutes, because this is the most amazing free prescription if you can't sleep at night, that's fear, right? Too many things. The mind is going too far, too much. Oh, yeah. Get out of bed, even though it sounds terrible. Go into the bathroom or whatever and shiver for just like 90 seconds. Boo, 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 all, you know, ah, just shivering it all. You, can, you know, put on music, not in the middle of the night necessarily, but, and, you know, and dance with it. Just, you want it to just be getting all that energy out rather than tightening up, which is what we do instead with the fear we tighten rather than loosen, which is that fear just wants to shiver it out of our body. So if we'll just take that amount of time and then just go say something like, I'll handle it in the morning. You know, now's the time to sleep. I'm going to handle it in the morning. You'll cruise back to bed, and it's ama- it's totally amazing. It's Well, because you relaxed your body. You got, like you said, you worked the energy through, and, you, and in that working it through, you're getting it out so your body is now able to finally relax so that you can get to sleep because when you tighten up, you just can't. 
Right, and the mind tightens up as well as the body tightens up, and you and you just are just caught in that hours of being awake and thinking, and your mind, you know, going fast like your body's going fast, rather than get that energy out in just a minute or two, and then go back to bed. That's great. That's great advice. We are speaking with Jude Bezu, author of Attitude Reconstruction, and you can learn more about Jude by going to her website, www.attituderconstruction.com. So go ahead and write that down so that you can check it out after the show. Now, Jude, there was one part of, um, of your book that I just loved this because I, I love the whole book, and there were so many things that I thought, oh, I like this because this is how I think. There's a lot of talk today about saying affirmations for self-improvement, and I get that. I truly do, and I think affirmations are like training wheels on a bicycle. They only take so far, you know. They really do. They don't, because you have to believe them. If you're just saying stuff and you don't believe it, it's not going to do any good. You, however, were speaking about truths for changing behavior, and I loved that. And so I was wondering if you would share with our listeners your take on affirmations versus truths. Absolutely. So affirmations are at least better than the trash thinking that we do, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And rather than going, oh, I'll never succeed and what's wrong with me and I'm so fat or ugly or whatever, that's terrible thinking. So affirmations are at least one step better. They're getting us in the right direction. But, you know, if we go, I'm successful or, you know, I'm the best parent in the whole world or I am rich and thin, like, you know, like that's an affirmation. It's not necessarily true, but it's better than thinking the old stuff. But I say mm-hmm. let and deal with the reality. What is objectively true? What is true? What is true about that really? What is true that contradicts my old thinking? So if my old thinking is, boy, there I blew it again, right? I'm always making mistakes. Oh, what's wrong with me? I'm always making mistakes. If that's what our thinking is, you, it's not going to be very helpful to go with an affirmation about, oh, I never make mis- I never trash myself. Now, that's not true. You trash yourself. But what is true is I'm doing the best I can or I did the best I could. Or if I knew then what I know now, I would have done it differently. If I knew then what I know now, I would have done it differently. Now, that's a fact. That's a truth. That will get you much farther back to center than an affirmation. I agree, I, because affirmations are, I mean, I really do look at them as like, well, they're training wheels to get you to your mind to kind of shift a little bit so that you can think about what the positive side of the negative is that you're thinking and you can kind of shift your energy out toward that. But if you don't believe it, if it isn't a truth, as you said, it's not going to work for you. You can say affirmations from now until doomsday, and you're going to get nowhere. So, you know, when you said the truth, I thought this is a place where people could actually sit down and almost write their own affirmations and, and affirmations of truth for themselves so that it would be, you know, yeah. if I knew then what I know now, things would be different, and use that as a as as a regular, as a general thing that you use, because that's true of everything. If you knew then what you, you know you know now about almost everything in your life, your life would be totally different. And you, yes, and you could have made, you might have made a better choice or a different choice, but you didn't know then. So because I think of them that these uh, what I call reliable truths are like mantras. 
And what I found in mm-hmm. with so much uh, seeing so many people through the years is that again we all have the same issues, but that we all. I used to have people tell me all your bad thoughts, and now one at a time we'll find good thoughts. And, th- and now I just give them this one sheet of paper that has the most reliable truth, because those are the co- these core statements are what we all need to keep, to remind ourselves if we want to feel more of the other three emotions, which are joy, love, and peace. But we need to keep saying those over and over and over and over, because those are true. And you'll change much more quickly, because your brain knows it's true. Exactly. Exactly. When your brain knows it's true, it, it feeds into your heart. And, of course, the electromagnetic field of your heart is 100 times stronger than that of the brain, and that's where you can make things happen. That's where changes happen. So you can think anything you want, but when you put the feeling to it and your brain knows it's true and sends the message to your heart and your heart says, oh, I know it's true too, when you feel it in your heart like that, then you start to see change. Do you agree with that? Oh, I think that's lovely because my image has always been that you say the words with your mouth and in your head, you say whatever your reliable truth that you're working with right now, you say it over and over with that intention to get it, you're repeating what the expression is, and that you can start, especially if you do the emotions with the same time, that you will start to feel it in your heart. So it's like both the heart and the head are both going in to try to internalize that thing that you're repeating and it just can sink in so much quicker and so much deeper if we mm-hmm. if we keep if we keep going he's doing the best he can he's doing the best he can you know rather than judgment 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 she's doing the best she can whatever over and over and over and really like close your eyes and think it and feel it boom we can have what i say a divine shift where i get it oh I don't, I don't have to be on his case. He is doing the best he can. I might need to speak up, but I've got to get that he's doing the best he can uh, in my heart and in my head. Yes, and cut yourself some slack for what you may have thought in the past because you didn't have all the information. I've had people ask me questions, and I'll, I'll say to them, you don't have enough information to make a decision. You can only make an informed decision when you have the information. That's why it's an informed decision. So if you don't have enough information, if you don't have two sides to a story, if you don't have everything you need to make an informed decision, you cannot possibly make that decision. So now if you look at your present life and you realize this mistake that's maybe just cropping up now was because of something that was acted upon three to five to 10 to 20 to 30 years ago, you know that it was acted upon with the information you had at hand. You didn't have it all. And we really need to cut ourselves slack for that, and people don't because they want to be too perfect and do everything right, and you can't. You just can't. Exactly. You're, we're, we're never happy. We're never happy when we, we're, we're, such a, uh, we're using some, some standard of perfection that's just impossible. We're all learning. We're all growing. Life, you, know, you can say life is for learning. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I did the best I could. So much better yes. to bathe yourself in what's true rather than to be hard on ourselves and, you know, do that what we talked about at the beginning, punish ourselves for those mistakes we made. Won't work. That's not gonna that's not being kind and honoring us. Right. And it's not a cop out either. It's not like you're saying, Oh well, you know, I didn't have enough information so it's okay. It's an awareness that you thought about it and you realized it and you learned from it now where you're going to have more information or you're going to 
know a little bit better, to be more aware of how much can I can I put into this and look at the bigger picture so that you're much more aware of what your decision would be. You'd make a more aware decision. Does that make sense? In the, yes, in the future. That, because it's all right, I made right. that decision. I, I went this way. Gee, didn't like that. Had some negative repercussions. Oh, what can I learn? Because half of, you know, attitude reconstruction is about communicating differently and acting differently. What can I learn? What, what does this mean? Like if I deal with my fear and I, I shake it out and I reassure myself it's okay, well, we can't just stop there. It's like, all right, now what do I need to do? What do I need to do? So it just can't be think nice, good thoughts. It's like, all right, and then where does that put me? That puts me closer to my heart. That's that third tool, my intuition. Close, what do I need to say to feel complete? Something happened five years ago. Well, today I've dealt with my emotions about what do I need to do to, to try to resolve that? Maybe nothing. Maybe I need to open that uh, di- a dialogue up with that person. Or what do we need to do? But we can get what action is needed and what we need to say so much better after we've dealt with those emotions that we haven't dealt with in, uh, uh, in the past. And, and you've said two things here, so I have two questions. The first one is you spoke about intuition, which is very helpful in daily situations. What is your key to accessing intuition? Um, the, well, there's two. One is, first is we have to stop, and, and, or I say pause, take a deep breath or two, and ask our question. Mm-hmm. And then listen to see what comes up. We, ha- we go, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's like we haven't stopped to give ourselves that minute to go, you know what, I really do know. I don't want to go with your parents this weekend to whatever that event is. I don't want to go. But if we, rather than being, you know, conflicted, think and, and, and take that minute, pause, and say, well, what, what do I really want here? What's true for me from my heart, not my head, not what I should do or, you know, what will serve me best, but what does my heart say to do? What is my heart? So, it's, so, so really it's pausing to take the time to ask because we usually know. We're just not listening. But sometimes, as mm-hmm. you said, well, sometimes we don't know. We don't have enough information. Like that's, that's fine. Then we have to say, well, I don't know. Let me get back to you or, or, or whatever. But we have to go back to looking within, to saying, well, what's really true? What's the, high, you know, it's what's the highest? What's going to be the best here? What's going to be most loving? And if we pause and ask ourselves some of those questions, we'll get an answer. We know. We really do know. And I would say, if we don't know, go back and deal with some emotions, sadness, anger, and fear. You know, like you say, have a good cry, and then you feel better. Then you can ask mm-hmm. your question and hear what your intuition says because you've, taken, you've washed yourself clean with that cry or you've acknowledged that you're anxious and you've shaken out that fear like crazy for a minute or two, now you feel more present because the opposite of fear and that agitation is peace, and that's that calm and relaxed. So shake out the fear, then you're calmer, so then you can hear it, and then you ask your question. Or the same thing, I gotta, I'm, I'm angry about something, I'm not going to hear my intuition because I'm too angry right now. Mm-hmm. With the anger, maybe go stomping around. I mean, it's great. You know, it's like a little kid, three years old, and they're stomping around the room and blah, 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 blah. make some noises and ham it up. But move that energy up. Push against the wall or, or you know, shout into a pillow or, or um, 
oh gosh, there's just so many different uh, things you can do. Uh, hit something like a mattress with a hose or something like that. Move that energy, and then you can go, all right, I'm not so angry anymore. And I would say, and I accept the way things are a little more. Now I can ask. Uh, and and here, well, now, given that that's the way people are, and they said that, and they did that, what does my intuition say to do? Mm-hmm. We'll hear an answer. It's, Yes, and sometimes, and when you access it enough, I know for me, it, you're not. It, it becomes second nature. You don't even need to access it. It's just there, and it's part of one of your senses. And you can you can almost be given information and not know why, and just do what it is that you're feeling to do, and stop, and just say, okay, I'm being told not to do this. All right, I'm going to stop. I wonder why. And you may never find out why. You know, you may never know why you didn't feel to do something. I, I, I've told this story before on air. I was going to the grocery store. I got a mile away from my house, and I thought to myself, turn around and go home. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that because I don't normally get that, but there was something that told me to go home. I went, and go, went home, and I was hanging around for like 15 or 20 minutes, got a couple of things done, didn't really know why, felt that it was time to go now. I thought, okay, now I can get to the grocery store, and I went. And it was a quick trip. It was an easy trip. They had everything I needed. Now, I will never know whether, you know, there was an accident that was going to happen. I don't know if they were putting out the groceries I needed and they weren't going to be there 15 I don't know. I just know I paid attention and I did what I felt to do. And it seemed to be a much quicker, easier trip. I got home. I was happy. Everything was fine. So it does become second nature the more you access it and really work with it. Do you find that to be true as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And you feel better. I mean, you've obeyed yourself. It's not like you right. succumb to all those pressures from the outside and the shoulds. It's like I'm honoring myself, and I'm getting this message, and it says, hold on, take a step back, go three steps back, go back home. There's something, you know, who knows why? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just that we start to, I say, and this is something I got from my teacher, is that we ask and then listen and then obey. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're describing, is that when we hear those messages from our heart, not the head, but from the heart, we obey. Right. They're, they're, they're usually good. If, if we get, oh, I, you know, hey, I, I really shouldn't take that job. Oh, it seems so alluring and the pay is so good. And, and if you get that inner feeling that just goes, mm, no, no, you really have to go, gosh, if it's really strong inside, that really has to be taken into account. Absolutely. Yep. And the other question I had was that sometimes you were talking about uh, feeling stuck, and sometimes it's hard for people to take action when they feel so very stuck, as in a job, like you just said. They don't even know where to begin. It could be because they're overwhelmed. It could be because if they take a step or a leap of faith in, or they just quit, there won't be another job, they've got a family to support, they don't know what to do, they feel cornered. What action would work best for them to get unstuck? Starts with the same thing. Am I feeling sadness, anger, or fear? Which emotion? Deal with whatever emotion I feel, and there might be more than one. And then you will just be amazed at how much more clarity there is. Now, we want to just go, oh, my intuition says, oh, you know, you should lay in bed all week. No, that's not quite your intuition. There's a should <laughs> there and, and so on. But, but we, have to, we just have to 
to listen. We just have to take that pause to say, okay, this is what the, the message I'm getting. Now I need to obey. Now, if they don't know the emotion that they're working through, that they need to work through, they could they go and take that test? Because I think different stages of your life, even one month apart, the test is going to come up differently. Oh, it's only slight, It's interesting because I've given so many of those, and I have a longer version mm-hmm. and stuff that really pinpoints it. And the changes are really quite small. Again, it matters. Like if I'm in a situation where I just was so frustrated with my boss or a spouse or any any kind of interaction, of course those anger tendencies are going to be a little bit stronger. But we all have like basic, it's almost like a piano thing, little notes about how much unworthiness we have and how much we have of feeling uh, dependent on other people and so on, that stays pretty much the same. But some are stronger at other to- at sometimes than others, depending on what's happening, for sure. We, we have hurts and losses every day. I mean, technically, when something happens, we lose it, oh, it's good, we'll have a little cry about it, and then it'll be gone, rather than I'll be awake mm-hmm. at night, and now I can't think about it, you know, now I can't, you know, now it gets more and more complicated, that it's just go back and deal with those. It's, it's one, and each feels so different. The, the sadness is that heavy feeling, and the anger is that outward, strong, you know, hurt, destroy, kill, and that fear is that wiggly, agitated kind of, which one of those three? Let me just go back there. And even if I'm going to fake it, all right, I'm just going to hit things. Boy, I may mean, have clients so often, oh, I'm not really angry. And I go, oh, okay, but let me bring out the phone books, the old phone books just in case, and all this little rubber hose. And I just tap on it a few times. And, boy, just, you know, in 30 seconds, <laughs> they're pounding the heck out of the, the pages are flying and noise is loud. And they go, wow, I didn't know I had that much anger in me right now. And it's like with human, we all have those emotions. Get it out of the body, and then things will clear up. So in actuality, a good thing to do is to take this test so that you know what the dominant and the secondary attitudes are, and then you'll be able to really more with more clarity when there is a situation think it through a little bit better go to the book see what it is find the page that you need to go to and do what it says to do and you should be pretty much all set or you will be pretty much all set yeah but it's even simpler than that because most of us have if i go all right sadness anger fear what's strongest for you you could probably give me an answer. You go, mm, you know, I don't mm. have much. I don't have much sadness. That's not my thing. And then I, when people say that to me, I go, oh, you were so lucky. I, you, I bet you were so well-loved as a child. And uh, yes, mm. I was. You know, that's usually the case. But some people don't have a lot of sadness. But usually we'll know. They say, oh, I've got both. You know, I've got anger for sure, and underneath it I've got a lot of fear. But my self-esteem seems fine or, or something like that. But I think we do know. Which of those three? So in a situation, if it's a hurt and a loss in the moment, I'm going to feel sadness. But in general, and maybe I have, a, a, say, a sad constitution. That means I feel a lot of sadness often. Uh, I have mm-hmm. that tendency. That's just the way we were born, like because we were all born differently. But we, can, we don't right. need to do too much evaluation to go, because just try any of them, sadness, anger, fear. Which will I deal with? If I want to feel, because I to keep going back to this, if I want to feel more joy, love, and peace. 
Because that's what attitude and that's the key. is really about. Yes. It's about that's I what want everybody to feel wants those to feel. Right. Absolutely. Right. Because there are a birthright. Just as we all have sadness, anger, and fear, we all have joy, love, and peace. It's just hidden among all of those unexpressed emotions. Start to express the emotions, and that underlying those waves of love, will you'll feel them so much more. Or you'll feel deal with the anxious, which is fear. Deal with the fear. I'm guaranteed you'll feel more peaceful and present. Deal with the sadness, and you'll feel more joy. And and that is very true. And I cannot believe this. We we're almost at the top of the hour. It went by so fast. But before we go, would you please tell everyone how they may purchase your book, Attitude Reconstruction? Yes, it's available at Amazon, uh, both as an ebook and uh, in paperback, and also on my uh, website. So you can uh, either purchase the book uh, there or or through any bookstore can order the book. uh, So you can get it uh, there. Or um, there's a shorter book that just has those 33 bad attitudes and how to change it. That's also available as an e-book on uh, the website. You can go and figure out a a way to get that uh, so that you have a doable little package, something, a little handbook, a little manual to help you out when you next get stuck. Right, and something that you can use, yeah, like you said, as a handbook or a guidebook that you can carry with you. That's great. I appreciate your being on air with us so much, Jude. This was such a great show. Thank you very much. And listeners, I know the holidays are over, but Valentine's Day is coming and Mother's Day is coming up, and there are always birthdays. So go out and check out this book. It's really a great tool that you don't even realize you have these tools and you can fix these things, and it's so easy. So check it out. Go online to Attitude Reconstruction. Go to Amazon. Go somewhere and get this book. Find this book and take a look at it and then use it as a guidebook because it really will help you an awful lot. You'll discover an awful lot. Thank you so much, Jude. I appreciate your time very, very much. Oh, it's just going to say it's been my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, well, thank you. You hold on for just a few minutes. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, and so we would like you to share it with your friends because we live in very challenging and constantly changing times, and that's why I have the guests that I have, so that you can be kept apprised and you won't get lost in the dross of life. And we need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully, and set intentions for this year that that's all the good stuff will happen. And this is where you find those tools to do just that. So send the link to this show to everyone you know, and let them have the same opportunity that you just had tonight to learn and grow and make the world a better place for everyone. So on behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make note of it now so that you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. So if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can check out the CD online and see if that's something you'd be interested in. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a very wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. 